Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The volume. Yo, what's happening, yo? Welcome in, welcome in. It is another episode of Snaps. T Bob A Bear here, joined as always by QB1, Mr. Aaron Murray. Aaron, what's up, dog? How you feeling today? Man, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Once again, doing better here in Atlanta than Tuscaloosa to this day. Um, so we're winning. Uh, congratulations to you. You had a very successful tweet yesterday, kind of trolling the audience with a bit of a misleading title. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and, and I like how you played it. You played it pretty dry talking about, come on, isn't there any, anybody feel bad for Alabama? Does anybody have any heart? Um, and, and you're talking about it. You never actually expressed that you didn't feel bad for them, but you kind of did. It, it was well done. It's got a lot Thank of people you. responding like, fuck you. Fuck no, I don't feel bad for Alabama. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, look, that's what we're going to try to discuss today, <laughs> right? Is this Bama dynasty dead in the DeBoer era? What do these transfers actually mean? Because we'll get into it. I think it's a little overblown, dude. Yeah. I think it's a little overblown and it is very much more so welcome to modern college football as mm -hmm. opposed to this is some sort of outlying disaster. Um, unfortunately, John, I do not have any other stories about fake penises on the docket for today. Um, 
I don't know. Yeah. I, I mm-hmm. we're, we're going to have to, we're, we'll, we'll have to see if I can create some more, uh, maybe next year or something this year, right? Time's now 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron, how's everything? You all good? I, I tried watching the creator last night. No, really cool visuals. Oh, I watched that. Of being cool. Yeah, it's so so. On the edge of being cool. I like the sci-fi visuals. It has no subtlety. Did you watch the sci-fi video I movie I told you to watch? Which one? Like the 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 stepbrother of God. Why am I drawing a blank on the damn name of it right now? Great. You watch it. It's like it's like it's like a it's like a a cheap old Star Wars, but it's not bad. It's like Star. It's like Star Wars, but not Star Wars. This is the dumbest. And I forgot the name of it. So I. This is. Damn. This, yeah, yeah, exactly. PG says Aaron turned into my dad right now. Yeah, it's what like uh, I don't know. Uh, you know. It's like it's like the Star Wars. You love you love the Star Wars, right? Yeah, you love Star like, Wars. Yeah, it's just somewhere. But it's not Netflix somewhere. It hey, just go check it out. Um, thank you, Evan Rumsey. Best do on YouTube. Hell yeah. Yeah, uh, Goat Dog says Spaceballs. No, great movie though. Um, yeah, I news news hits me on the head of the creator. Narrative mat aesthetics. Wow, I agree. Um, and it's about AI and stuff, only they have like such a kind of lowbrow take on AI where AI just basically becomes a stand-in, like like it's they don't have any of the powers that artificial intelligence would have. They just become like what we know as like a native- rebel moon, rebel moon, rebel moon. Rebel no, Moon. I not Rebel Moon yet. And I like Zack Snyder quite a bit. I didn't hear great things, which kind of turned me mm-hmm. off to it. But I like Sucker Punch. I think Watchmen's absolutely fantastic. 300 yes. tight. Uh, the Day of the Dead remake was good. Turn it um, out. Turn it out. I, typed in, I typed in Star Wars ripoff movie 2023 and um, gave me what I wanted. Rebel his, Moon. Oh, did it really? Okay, good yeah. on you. Uh, I, I'll say this to Zack Snyder. His Justice League, much better than the abomination that uh, Warner Brothers forced him to put out. Mm. Uh, also, I still wonder what David Ayer's original Suicide Squad would have been like, um, knowing how badly Warner Brothers got involved there. Uh, Suicide Squad 2, though, by uh, James Gunn, actually fucking incredible. Very good movie. Anyway, let's get into some college football. And uh, high hopes for new alien. Maybe we can get into that a little bit. Let's get into some college football. So whenever you cover anything in life, uh, you watch the news cycle. Things mm-hmm. tend to rubber band back and forth, right? So Saban retires and everything post that has been, this guy's leaving, this guy's leaving, this guy's leaving. Now you're starting to see the stories about people who are cha- staying. And ESPN has a big article about this where they talk to a bunch of Alabama players and the ones who are, quote, not running from change and embracing the DeBoer era. And it kind of begs the question, is the Alabama dynasty officially dead? Uh, ultimately, mm-hmm. I think that depends on how you define death of a dynasty, right? But but first, let's start with a quote from one of the people that is remaining. Uh, Deontay Lawson, starting linebacker, skipped the NFL draft to come back again, or he skipped He's he's coming back for his redshirt junior season. He's going to come play again, and knowing all this, still committed, still doing it. Saying, "Quote: We've had some guys leave and wish them well, but it doesn't change the standard at Alabama or our belief that Coach DeBoer is going to lead us where we want to be, winning championships." Mm-hmm. 
we know that we can accomplish and know we know what we can accomplish and know he's won everywhere he's been. We're going to keep this thing going. It's going to be a wonderful story, and we're ready to embrace it. And I will say this for Alabama fans. To I, I know things hurt in this current news cycle. It's mainly because you're a spoiled little bitch and you're not used to it. But think about this. Kate, look at what Caleb DeBoer just did with the mm-hmm. team that he had. And then understand that even when you have more opt-outs coming down the way, still, almost no matter what happens this offseason, Kalen DeBoer will have a more talented roster top to bottom than he has ever had previously. Mm-hmm. And frankly, it won't even be close. Like, like, look at the meal that he just prepared with the ingredients he had and now understand that even with these guys leaving, he's got Wagyu beef. He's got, like, fresh farm uh, green mm-hmm. right from, you know, organic, no uh, pesticides ever used. Like, this is by far the best team that Kalen Boer's ever had. So, yeah, look, I, I think we get into expectations, but let's be clear. I still think even without Caleb Downs, without Caden Proctor, without any of these guys, um, I say a bond. I still think Alabama is going to be damn good, and I still think they're going to be championship relevant. Uh, I'll, I'll hold on the championship relevant. I think there's some key positions that that they not only lost guys to the NFL draft, um, but they also lost guys to the portal. Where I'm, I'm still a little bit hesitant. Like, can this team win a championship next year? But when it comes to like contending, I and said being championship a team, relevant. Okay, sorry. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. 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 But when it comes to like say a team that, what's the bar? I mean, the the, the mindset heading into a 12 team playoff is can we get to 10 wins? And you and I mm-hmm. somewhat touched on this other day. Like, if we can get to 10 wins, that puts us in the dance. And then from there, who knows what could happen? And in some years, we may even get teams that are nine and three, possibly. Uh, I think with a brand like Alabama, with with everything they've been able to accomplish, being in the SEC, if there's a conference to put a nine and three team in, you would probably lean towards the SEC having that opportunity. So yeah, can Alabama just get to the dance? Can they get to 10 wins? And I and I I'm interested to see when the blue chip ratio comes out. They were, I believe if I'm, I'm correct here, 89% of the players were, were four or five-star guys for Alabama this past season, more than anyone else in the country. They're still going to be probably somewhere in the 80 percentile or 80% when it's all said and done. Uh, the way they've recruited the guys they brought in. So they're above they're, 80. Above 80. So when it comes to just straight talent and star power, yes, this team will still be one of the most talented on paper recruiting rosters in all of college football. So why can't that team be a contender? Um, Chance Pavitas, can we talk about Alabama more? 24 hours isn't enough. Look, I, I know it's Alabama heavy, but you, you'll, we do have to acknowledge this is yeah. the biggest news move of our time, mm-hmm. of our entire, like of our era of college football, essentially that almost outweighs even the fundamental changes to the sport that we've seen um, Mm -hmm. Nick Saban retiring and retiring out of nowhere. It's become more and more clear that Saban did not let anybody in on this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe a couple of people. I mean, I I know that some people maybe knew that he was pondering such things, but he's been pondering such things for years, right? Like he Mm -hmm. really went ahead and made this decision um, on his own. And so that's it. So, so that's why it's created so much fallout and that's why we continue to break it down. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I agree with you, dude. Look, I think that this idea of the dynasty being dead is, is dependent upon how do you define the imp- uh, death of an empire? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I, okay. I know this. You will never reach the level of recruiting dominance that mm-hmm. they've currently occupied. 
Uh, if you look at since, I can't remember what the exact cutoff was. Maybe it was like since we've been, I don't know, maybe since the inception of Rivals or somewhere around there. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but like Alabama's had, oh no, sorry, I think it was in Saban's tenure. Alabama had the number one class eight different times. Mm. I think Jimbo was second, having it three times. Kirby got it twice. And then you had a few guys who had gotten it once. The point being, even compared to Kirby, even compared to Ohio State, to anybody, Nick Saban stood alone by mm-hmm. far on the recruiting front. Not even close. Georgia mm-hmm. made up a lot of ground recently, but still not even close. So I don't think so. I think it's very fair to say they will never reach that level of recruiting dominance again. Um, I don't think they'll achieve the consistency of winning a national championship at least once every three years, which is what Nick Saban did up until this year. And that's also because the sport is changing. And as we said, that might well, be harder to do. Well, let, me ask you, yeah. let me ask you this question. I mean, you start off the, the conversation talking about like, is the, is the dynasty going to now be dead going forward? Was the dynasty already dead? No, even no, when no, no, I mean, you, you know, this you, is a flawed team know, that won the SEC no, and beat Georgia and made care. it to a playoff. I know that there were cracks. There were you certainly have, you cracks. You talked about you can't have two dynasties going on at the same time. So you're essentially saying that we are, there is well, no Georgia, Georgia had a chance to, no, I told you, you had to get the three. You know? so no one's ever done that. Not even Alabama. So why does Alabama get granted, but Georgia can't without well, three? If, if you get, if you get like. Four and ten years, or I'm just saying, like if we, if we, if we do fast forward, and I think we're going to touch upon this a little bit later. So, like if we do fast forward, you know, ten years from now, and and Kirby does win two or three more natties, which if there's a coach to do it, Kirby's definitely on the short list for that. If not the guy to do that, yeah, then duh. maybe we do look back and say the dynasty was dead in two, after 2020, 2021. Like that was it. Like the the the, the beginning of Georgia's dynasty started then. So really, this whole Kalen DeBoer taking over Alabama was not the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end happened two years ago. Uh, I mean, I would disagree simply because with ultimately one of Nick Saban's most flawed teams, they still beat Georgia, a very powerful Georgia that was thought to be the favorite. They didn't the won a championship. championship. They won a championship, though. They won an SEC championship. And they made the playoff, and they took the national champions down to the last play in OT. Like... No, I I think if I think if okay, if, if Nick Saban was still there, where would they rank next year? Number two? It'd be right oh, there. Yeah. So oh, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So no, I, I think look, it, it was waning. You could say it wasn't at the height of its power anymore, mm-hmm. but it was still very much alive. Um, and I think I think it may continue to be alive. Again, it's how you to define these things. Like, I don't think they'll win eleven games fifteen out of sixteen years, mm-hmm. like they just did recently. That's a, but I still think they'll be a consistent top ten team. At least uh top ten. I, I think and they'll 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 go top five every now and then. Like I said, be championship relevant. They going in next year. They still have Tyler Booker, they still have Jim Miller, they still have Malachi Moore, they still have Deontay Lawson. Like the majority of the team is still there. And one thing to consider, and the ESPN article kind of touches on this, is with these other guys leaving and all this insanity, yes, that has the potential to break a team, but that adversity also has the potential to galvanize a team, like the crucible, to forge them closer together. And that's Kalen DeBoer's one main rule he's been telling the players is the one rule is we're going to be a family. We're going to be close. We're going to be fighting for each other. Well, a great way to galvanize those who remain, 
is with that message, right? With this mm-hmm. message of, okay, if you look, if you don't care about Alabama, if you were only here for saving, if you want to go chase the bag, go chase the bag. But then you got guys like Booker out here saying, look, no amount of money. And this is what I was getting at is that, yes, you're having some lead, but the majority of the roster, a lot of them are there for the A. Like Tyler Booker straight up said, there is no amount of money uh, that you could give me that would that would make me leave Alabama. Like, I care about my legacy here. And so, yeah, I, I, I think that, I think, I mean, does Alabama finish in the top 10 next year? And next year should be kind of arguably maybe the lowest year, unless they just well, go off on the team and never get it back. I want to go to this too. I mean, player. We, I've always had the mindset of like, you know, players are are the key, the engine, everything. Like players are the ones that, that are out there playing. They're the ones that have to go out there and execute. But who's who has been? There's been very few coaches that can take you to a national championship. And we bring up Texas A and M all the time. Like why 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 hasn't Texas A and M, who has the players? I mean, they've they've just as much talent as anyone else in the country. Uh, has the facilities have the NIL resources, why aren't they winning championships? Well, they haven't had the guy at, at the head coaching position. They just haven't found that guy that could possibly take them from being everything, check, 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 A plus, A plus, A plus, to an actual championship. Well, because like there's only so many coaches that know how to run a program efficient enough to win a championship. It's been, it's been Nick, it's been Kirby, it's been Dabo, it was Urban Meyer for a while. There are very few coaches that can do it. So why why Alabama may have all this great, you know, star power is Kalen DeBoer that guy to win a championship. What are we? What the fuck are we talking about? He's won championship. I know. I just agree. Brought, and he that's just brought Washington one. I know. Of course that's he is. I, I was. I wasn't saying he wasn't. Okay. I'm just that's saying, like, when we look at college football, it's it's a lot is to do with the coaches. That's why they no. Get it's all the coaches. It's, they are. That's why I always compared to the do Roman. You have, do you have? A, do you have a? Do you have a national championship coach? Yes or no? And there's only been a handful of guys that you could say that coach can win a national championship. But also, let's be clear: like this idea of a national championship coach is kind of flawed a little bit mm. uh, because coaches can catch lightning in a bottle. Look at Les Miles or Gus Malzahn. Even though, to be fair, Les did make it back to another one. So Gus is a more prime example there. I mean, Mark Jimbo, who I completely forgot about, played for National Championship at Oregon. Yeah, and coaches can be awesome for a time and then lose it. Look at Mm -hmm. Dabo, Mm -hmm. right? So you can never really know if somebody, like, I I don't know how to exactly qualify. Is this coach a national championship coach? I I guess it comes down to, like, belief. Like, do you believe in your gut that you think he's capable of doing that? I mean, Kalen DeBoer passes that and then some. Uh, mm-hmm. BA Circle die is Caleb DeBoer better than Brian Kelly? I will tell. It's I less know. proven. Time will tell. I think that's mm-hmm. the answer there. Because mm-hmm. Brian Kelly also won championships at Grand Valley State, a lower level, like uh Kalen did at Sioux Falls. Right, uh, Kelly's, Kelly's been on the yeah, and he's and he's played for Natty as well. Like he's Kelly's just been on the big stage for way longer. Mm-hmm. We got to see if Brian, if if Kalen DeBoer has the uh staying power now that he's here, which I think he does. Like I think I think I think both those guys are probably top five guys in the entire country. Um so now you have 21 players mm-hmm. who've entered the transfer report. Okay, let's actually let's say this way. Uh so since the Rose Bowl, they've had they've seen Nick Saban retire, Alabama fans have. They've had 21 players total enter the portal since the Rose mm-hmm. Bowl. I want to say though it's only like six after Saban. 
but it is some of the biggest names highlighted yeah. by uh, uh, Proctor and Caleb Downs. Yeah. They've had six major recruits decommit, mm. uh, five stars for the 24 and 25 class. Now, granted, some of those are going to revisit as well. So it's you know a pretty level-headed decision from them. Kind of see what the new staff's all about. Give them a little time to get in. Mm-hmm. But that has led to a lot of Alabama fans. We did our dramatic reading on my text group yesterday. That has led to a lot of Alabama fans being like, this sport is so broken now. I hate it. I mean, somebody's got to fix college football. Here's the thing, though. And this is why I say shut the fuck up is and stop panicking is this is not so much Alabama getting being an outlier in terms of the roster being pillaged. Um, This is Alabama joining the party. Let's just look. I'll name you some of the schools and how many recruits have had leave this year. Louisville has had 21 players enter the transfer portal this year. Florida State's had 20. South Carolina had 21. NC State had 19. Uh, Arkansas had 24. Purdue had 26. USC had 21. Indiana had 23. Ohio State had 20. Texas A&M had 21. So again, Alabama's 21 is not an outlier. I mean, Ole Miss had 17, Colorado 17. You go down the list, Oregon uh, 13. Like, uh, again, not an outlier. It's mm-hmm. just what had not happened to them previously that had been happening to other teams is now happening to them at a higher rate than they are used to. It's, 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 not, it's not just a higher rate because everyone's going to have turnover in today's game. Georgia had a massive turnover. I mean, Georgia a month yeah, ago. Yeah, what was that, like 17? Yeah, Georgia had a bunch. But once they, like, I would say the majority of those guys weren't starters. They or they the majority were, of Alabama's guys weren't starters. Once again, like like yes, that hundred percent. I'm I'm with you. Like they weren't starters. They're talented kids that were highly recruited. They have a bunch of stars to their name. So it's like, damn, I wish we could have seen what that X five star guy would have looked like with another season in Alabama. It's it's it, it's it's. I think it's less pre, more post. I think it's all post. Honestly, like that's that's the you have just lost. Maybe the most talented safety in the country. Yeah. You've lost a starting left tackle. Like that's the difference. Everyone is going to lose players. And hell, you may lose some starters. Ole Miss just lost maybe the best running back in the SEC, one of the best running backs in the country. Like that will randomly happen. But that doesn't happen to Georgia. That doesn't happen to Alabama. If you're a starter and you're an elite player, you stay in Athens, you stay in Tuscaloosa. Didn't AD Mitchell literally leave Georgia after national championship that he dominated and go to Texas? Mm, a lot of money. Um, yeah. Why do you think these other guys are leaving? For a lot of fucking money. So I yeah. think I like, talked about with, we talked about this with Caleb. Like, I, I yes, money could play into it, and maybe if he goes to Georgia, Georgia's offering more than what Alabama is. But I think he's leaving more because Nick ain't there. I'm going to go to with my DB coach to Athens, be with Nick say or Kirby Smart, and and go pull closer to home. You're talking so Caleb Downs to Georgia's a done deal. You're saying. Not a done deal. I mean, I've heard Texas because Texas got some big pockets. I think I think it's he's leaning more Alabama or Georgia though. You just saying like fans are you yelling at me that eighties kids live in Texas and that's why he went there. Look, that's all well and good. I'm just pointing out. Eighty didn't play a lot that season either. It's not like eighty was a full starter the entire year. Eighty didn't come back until the national championship or the game before. Okay, so take down to Proctor off the team. Alabama is still going to be more talented than every team they play on their schedule, save for Georgia. Maybe with an older Jalen Milrow coming back, 
and a year under Ryan Grubb and, and Kalen DeBoer to develop. Like more, I think the sky is falling. Shit is over. Is is is? I think everybody. I think Alabama fans are kind of being pussies a little bit here. I agree. Like, it's been overblown, but they're they're losing a lot of. Experience. I'm loving it because I love their pain, and I'm not trying to no. soothe their pain. Like I want them to feel panicky. I want them to feel awful. But if you're going to tell me that Alabama can't replace a safety at a left tackle, I'm going to tell you they did every year. They do every year. I know they got talent. There's no doubt about it. They got talent. I think it's it's a question of can can DeBoer develop that talent? Because Nick is, you know, we always said this about Alabama. It's not it's not rebuild. It's reload. Why? Because it's 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 Nick Saban. And how good of a coach he is, and how good of a developer he is, with a bunch of four and five star guys. So, like, there was never a doubt. Could Alabama just reload and do the same thing the next year? I think the question is now: like, we have lost a lot of experience. You lose both your defensive ends. You lose both your corners. You just lost your starting safety. I mean, half your defense, if not more of your defense, is gone. Yes, there's talent behind it. Of your starting but inside can, linebacker, you still but, got your captain and starting. But can Caleb uh, DeBoer can he develop the young talent the same way Nick Saban developed it, where it's not rebuild, it's reload. That's the question. Um, we'll see. But I like that staff he's Lost got. Both their receivers. I like that staff he's got with Womack and the boys. I do. Uh, too. I love the staff. I'm just saying that's that's the concern. And again, you cannot lose sight of this is the best team that Kalen DeBoer will ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, or sorry, has ever had. I don't know if he'll eventually make better teams, but like he has never had on a player to player basis. He's mm-hmm. probably pinching himself a bit, even with the people that have left. Think about it. He's probably looking at that roster like, what the fuck, dude? He's looking at the weight room. He's like, oh, my God, these guys are massive. Like, these guys are awesome. Like, it's like when Joe Burrow uh, was thinking about transferring to maybe Cincinnati or LSU. It's funny because, you know, he's from such a different portion of the country. He didn't really have much of a conception of what LSU was going to actually be like. And he got there and he was like, whoa, like. This just looks like the Ohio State roster. Like, these guys are some fucking dogs. Like, I could win with this team. And lo and behold, he did. So, no, I think, um, again, screw Alabama. I don't think they're going to occupy the heights, obviously. Next year will probably be a bit of a bit down year, but it's not the abject disaster change all of college football that many are making it out to be. Uh, Jeff Solis says, Team Up stuck at the traumatic reality that's been being an LSU fan, knowing Bama is Bama. Well, Bama kind of isn't Bama without Kalen DeBoer, or excuse me, without Nick Saban. What I'm saying, though, is that Bama is still easily a top 10, probably top five program in the entire country. They're they top five having, roster. It's still a top five roster. Oh, for sure, from blue yes. chip ratio. Yep, absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, but, but I'm saying they still have, though, they still have the best facilities or close to. Uh, they still have more economic buy-in or mm-hmm. as much as anyone else. Uh, and I think I still think they have an elite staff. Yep. Like, again, right I told y'all, like, I know that the players are getting the headlines, but if you were to get, take any college football fan, show me, I mean, there might be two or three teams that wouldn't replace their coach with Kayla DeBoer, Ryan Grubb, Kane Womack, and yep. uh, Linguist as their new coordinators and coaches. Like, that's fucking awesome. I like Andrew Cooper's comment in the chat. Question isn't, will they have talent? It's whether the fan base can handle just being really good. Yeah, that's no, exactly. That That is the thing, yes. right? Because are they ready for to, to be happy with 10 and two? 
as opposed to I mean, they, 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 being they, the outlier. I mean, they won was, 11 games, nice, 15 of 16 years. This was a nice warm-up year huh. of, of understanding what it means to actually sit through four quarters of football, to not oh, leave rich. at halftime because you're up by three three touchdowns or four touchdowns. It's um, rich to hear you talk like this. To 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 enjoy an entire game and to be on the verge of of losing to freaking to, to hell Auburn this year, who ended up going don't, six and eight. So don't like, Georgia fans not show up to the game or leave the games early now. I know why we have to change the topic here. We're talking about Alabama here because you're saying welcome to the suck from your fucking gilded palace. You're 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 like you're like a like like a political strongman. Who mm. has all the money in the world, but is somehow trying to convince the people that he's Come down the guy blue collar with them? Four years ago, you're doing the same shit at LSU. Wow, so dude, that was like, one year. Like, that was one like this year. was so long ago that LSU just. I'm sorry, just dude. Bent Look, over if, every other team. If you're going to tell me that Coach O goes 15 and 0 and fucking rides this badass rocket ship that he built, yeah. Look, that's not you know that's not. It wasn't consistent, okay? It was, it was, it was beautiful, is what it was. It was a perfect mm. storm of great, engineered by the best college yes, football yes. coach of our time, Coach Ed Ogeron. Yeah, G Bama boy. Yes, we we know Bama has owned everyone. It's not just T Bob and myself. Bama has owned everyone for fifteen years. So take yeah. a take a number for the list. Um, Colin Ferguson, T-Bub just argues everything Aaron says because deep down he knows LSU can't sniff UJ Bama and maybe even Ole Miss at this point. Projector Magoo? Do you mean Inspector Magoo? Um, I guess when I do this, it kind of does look like that. Um, Colin, fucking Ole Miss? The fuck you talking about? LSU had a nine-point lead on Ole Miss in the fourth. Yeah, they fucked it up and lost. Like, let's not give Ole Miss, Bama, and Georgia rank. Now, I think this move likely pulls LSU much more even with Bama. Even the last two years under Saban, it is two to two. Um, but yeah, Georgia's the outlier. Georgia's certainly the outlier. And no, Brad Bush, Coach O is not still coaching. Lucky for Georgia fans because Coach O owns Kirby Smart's little bitch ass. Owns it. Owns it. I was in the stadium in 17. Well, let's, let me ask you this question. If we're going to tier rank and we need to redo our top 10, top 20, whatever. Yeah, we, we do. do. Top 12. Maybe we'll do that next week as we continue to digest where some of these players go because uh, there's still a lot of movement that needs to be happening. But what, what SEC tier would you put Alabama? What SEC tier would you put um, LSU? I am now tempted to put oh. Georgia in a tier all their own. But I think I might be getting a little too. I was thinking about doing a Georgia tier, then maybe a Bama Texas tier, yeah. and then LSU Mizzou will miss after that. But it might be dividing too many hairs here. It might be splitting too many hairs. I would, I would, I would lean more towards Texas being on Georgia's heading, just heading into next year. Just heading into next year. Like my overall confidence with the program of like where are these programs heading in the 2024 season? I would lean more towards Texas, Georgia. Closer into that tier one, yeah, yeah, six. that's probably. And right. then Alabama, Alabama is definitely a tier below now. No, Texas is closer to jumping up with Georgia than Alabama. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like it, okay. I don't feel like it's clear cut. I would say that if I'm a betting man, mm-hmm. I would agree with you that it's probably more likely than not that Texas is below those two. But I mean, hold up now. But I'm mean, excuse me that Bama's below those two. But like, hold up now. Like, are we giving Texas too much credit? One good year, and suddenly they're just right up there with Kirby. 
And that's why I'm saying I'm tempted to make Texas like well, Georgia, Georgia kind of yeah, its own outlier. Like this. No, I agree. I think Georgia is their own outlier because of Kirby, because of the roster. But if Georgia has to go to Tuscaloosa to Austin next year, which 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 should Georgia fans be more concerned about? I would say going to Austin now. I thought it would definitely 100 percent a week ago. If you asked me the question, I said going to Tuscaloosa week four. With Nick in that roster, hell no, that's going to suck. Again, probably, but I would like to allow myself the out of like, we still haven't seen Texas oh, yeah. do it consistently. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. like this still represents We're buying stock outlier. for the future of, of this roster looks really good. Yeah. They've, they've, they've retold in some positions that they lost through the offseason. They're returning a third year starting quarterback. I still think I would guarantee Georgia and Texas make the playoff next year. But, I, I agree. Um, Alabama's a question. But if we're talking about just an unrivaled tier one, maybe I just put too much into tier lists, but it just feels like maybe a little early to grant Texas uh, Kirby status quite quite yet. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, actually, I want to get into Kirby a little bit. Let's go ahead and hear from friends of DraftKings, and we'll dive into it. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet just five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TBOB. New customers bet just five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBOB, T-B-O-B. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools, showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. 
They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's talk Georgia, though, real quick. Um, Georgia opened up as three-and-a-half-point favorites against Alabama. Uh, LSU a one-and-a-half-point favorite against Alabama, which I found to be a bit surprising. I love the momentum that LSU is going right now and the moves that they made, but I don't know if I'm going to go that far. But um, what do you think about that? When you see that number, is that correct? Should Georgia be favored or should it be even more against this Alabama team? No, I mean, hundred percent. They should be favored. I mean, you're returning the roster. You're getting. You've you've rebuilt in certain areas. You have the best coach now. hundred percent. No questions. No debate. No one A one B. Kirby Smart, Nick Saban. You have the best coach, not only in the SEC, but you have the best coach in, in all of college football on your on your staff. So, the I think all of that together, early on the season, as Alabama's maybe possibly still trying to figure out their identity, Georgia should be the favorite going to Tuscaloosa. So it's a, what four and a half point you said. Four and a half, you, you three and a half right now, three and a half, whatever, three and a half. You chalk in three points, three to four points because of home field advantage in Tuscaloosa. That's a that's a seven point favorite right there for, for Georgia on a neutral field. Like they favor Georgia versus Alabama, two teams with probably more four and five star roster, four or five stars on their roster, still to this day, as a touchdown different football team on a neutral site. I yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I would, I, I would, I would, I would support that. I, I kind of agree with this comment in the chat as well from Scotty Barnes. The line would be larger by game time, um, probably because I think I think it's more about Georgia than Bama. I just think Bama may have some growing pains with the new system, whereas Georgia is probably going to come out and look like a well-oiled machine uh, yeah, from day they one. Play, they play Western Kentucky, South Florida, and Wisconsin their first three games. Georgia, no. Alabama. Oh, Alabama. Um, so you're saying like, will they, will they look a bit clumsy look- if those are their three warm-up games? That's yes. a fair point. That's a fair point. It may actually go the opposite way where they maybe they get a little overhyped because they come out and they're just like absolutely smashing these teams. I can see that being the case as well. I will say if, and we touched on this yesterday, but if DeBoer and Grubb 
can unlock Jalen Milrow. Again, even though this is more on Milrow than anybody else, a la Jaden Daniels, that becomes very scary. Like if Jalen Milrow actually, not that he needs to overcommit to this, I think Grubb and DeBoer have to meet him in the middle and make an offense that works for him. But if he becomes just a little more of a consistent threat mm-hmm. in terms of throwing over the middle, throwing with anticipation, uh, some of the small, like this, some of that intermediate game for a quarterback, then all of a sudden he becomes impossible to defend. Let, let's let's also not forget T that two years ago Brian Kelly took over a roster. I know it's a different SEC now than it was two years ago. Took over a roster at LSU that the previous year had thirty mid thirty guys, the scholarship guys playing in a bowl game. Yeah, it was garbage. Took over that roster with a transfer quarterback who similar traits at the time to what Jalen is throwing the football, but like kind of the reverse because Jalen pushes down the field, great athletes, and led that team to an SEC West championship. And no, but Jalen Jalen did it to be fair. Jalen did not push it down the field that year. He did he not did when, when they won I'm the saying, West. I'm saying, the, I'm saying it's the inverse. Like they keep that wasn't oh, his game. Because Milrow does. Yes. Milrow does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he still took that roster at LSU, elite coach in our mind, yeah. took that roster, which I would take Alabama's roster today, tomorrow, all weekend long, over LSU's roster heading into the 2022 season, and took them to Atlanta. So it could be done. It's just a faith in 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 Kalen DeBoer, but um, um, it's possible. How much pressure do you think there is on Kirby to have a Saban esque tenure? Now that because that's because because we are crowning mm-hmm. him king, right? The coordination, we are the, well, the, the transfer power has taken place. Yeah, I think especially if Harbaugh leaves, I think that's the la- and then I still put Kirby. Kirby still tier one. Maybe Harbaugh's there with him. I mean, yeah, I think that I think we we we've made the decision. Like, if you win a championship and we consider you a really good coach, you're tier one. It's like they're together. I would still lean Kirby as the better coach over over Harbaugh. But if Harbaugh leaves and Kirby is on top of the mountain with no one else, no one else near him. I the mean, only he, reason why I think alone. Kirby would go above Harbaugh is simply because in college football, recruiting means so much. Mm-hmm. And Harbaugh's done more with less, but Kirby is the more consistent recruiter, which I think if we're just like, we're splitting hairs here, that is why he's, he's above. 100%. He's yeah. above. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just explaining there. my thought process. So yes, if if, if you in, in, in one offseason lose the two biggest threats to you being considered the best coach in college football, and no one else is left that has won a national championship besides... Um, uh, what's his name at North Carolina? I want to draw a blank real quick. One at Texas. Wait, what? Yeah, great. Mac Brown? Mac Brown. There you go. You should feel pressure, Fresh and there up. should be pressure for you to continue to win championships, 100%. Yeah, uh, no, sorry, I got distracted there. No, as you said, stop splitting pubes, T-Bob. That's that kind of snaps humor that this show's defined on. Mm-hmm. Excellent job, Noam. Uh, yeah, like, Sure, but no more pressure than it's always been. Yeah. And it just got significantly easier. So I think Kirby, if you were to ask him, hey, would you take the added pressure? Only I'm going to take Harbaugh and save it out of the picture. Like the competitor in him may want to say like, no, I want to be the best. But in terms of is it easier to win a championship? It's absolutely fucking easier. Yeah. The, so the biggest trophy to your ward, yeah. But what I'm saying is, if if we're but but it's still a benefit for Kirby, like whatever ethereal pressure, you know, that kind of like because yeah. it's kind of a it's there, but it's not solid. You can't touch and feel it, but it does exist. Like whatever pressure is on him, 
is sure it's increased with an easier route. Everybody's saying, Oh, now this guy's gone, but that pales in comparison to the advantage that he now gets. If you have a weakened Alabama, I mean, he still couldn't beat Saban. He still couldn't beat Saban and that's going to eat at him. Well, actually probably not Kirby. It's going to eat at Georgia fans more than Kirby. That's going to eat at them forever. They still mm-hmm. could not get him in the end in the final yeah. tilt. But now that guy who just had his, uh, his number and he couldn't escape from is gone. And so of course, yes, it's, it's going to be, um, there's an expectation more now than over the past two years that Kirby should win a championship this season with everything that's being brought yeah. back. And there, I, but there's, but I guess, there's more, I've said there, they, Georgia fans waking up this week are more confident right now than they have been in the past two years of, we should win a championship this season. I agree. And they should be, but yep. also that's because it's an easier road than it's ever been in some yep. ways, mainly because your main roadblock is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, Thomas there says, God dang, I can't wait for football season already. No, I know, bro. I'm I'm mm-hmm. already feeling it too, dude. I love and uh, granted, maybe this is how I do this job. And so I, you know, we all are human beings. You can't separate our bias, but I love the portal for how exciting it makes these offseason and the moves. Andrew Cooper says Nico Yamaliava is the main roadblock. Okay, look, look, Tennessee. I'm fucking hyped, okay? I'm yeah. hyped for Tennessee. I'm hyped for hyper, but, and yes, looked awesome against Iowa. Um, okay, do we grant Tennessee the rank of Ole Miss, LSU, Mizzou? Mm-hmm. I think that's a TBD what Nico looks like in the first couple of games of the season. But I think if he does look like that, then yeah, I would put him in that tier. I mean, that's why I was like, like you look at Alabama's schedule next year. I mean, it's not Tennessee's got an easy one. Alabama's got no Alabama's got the second hardest. Oh, I know. I'm saying, saying, like, loss record. For, for 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 Alabama fans, I'm gonna just pull up the schedule real quick just to make sure I'm correct on this. For Alabama fans, you know, you may lose week four versus Georgia. So there's one. You have to go on the road to Tennessee, on the road against LSU. You can lose to your three biggest rivals next year, and I would not be surprised. Yeah, I think it probably at least get one of the three, but it could happen. To your point, the the, the easiest, the, the 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 two easier ones are on the road. No, no, the I agree. Ones at home. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, um, and then you got to go to Oklahoma at the end. All the board does is win, though, dude. I'm with you. All the board does is win. You. I will say this for Nico. Yamaliava is maybe one of the most enjoyable names to say I've ever had in my entire life. It is mellifluous in its um in its delivery. Let me let me add this one more thing on Kirby. Mm-hmm. This is his opportunity to completely own college football if they do win this year. Like the way that Nick Saban has owned college football since 2007, Kirby is kind of already into the conversation of of greatest coach. Um, of, of the past three years with Nick, and obviously Nick has gone right up. If he wins this year, I think that's that's the ignition that truly says I am the next Nick Saban. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Come jump on this train because guess what? The tw- the twenties are George's years, and and I think that's 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 a hell of ignition. If you win this year and you further separate Nick Kirby Smart from every other coach in America, good luck, rest of the world. You see, guys. Be careful. I believe it was Voltaire. I actually don't know if it was Voltaire. But someone smart once said, be careful fighting monsters, lest you become one.
And here is Georgia becoming the very thing in which they once sought to stand against. So this is why, guys, if you're in this chat right now and you're not a Georgia fan, we have to band together for a new evil rises and it now stands unopposed. And it's out of the ancient bastion of the West, Athens. Literally, the birthplace of Western culture. It's time to put our Roman hats on and put them down, boys. So I don't care if it's Yamaliava. I don't care if it's Nussmeyer and LSU. I don't care if it's Darton or Miss. Um, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And so let us join as one to fuck Georgia in the ass. Kind of lost a bit of my eloquence there at the end. But still, you get the point. Let's let's take out Georgia. Okay. Mm. It's 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 over. It's it's you aren't tight anymore. Nobody do likes you, you anymore for representing a threat to state because you, you, you are you not agree though. If, if Georgia does win in 2024, no, you're exactly anyone, right. You're like it's anyone terrifying. catching them, get anyone catching Georgia, it's out of the question. Yeah. Um it's off to the races. I think Kirby should go to the NFL, but it looks like the Falcons are gonna hire Bill Belichick. Is that a good move? It brings a lot of excitement. Sells tickets. Brings excitement. Sells tickets. I know, but that's sells what everybody tickets. says. That's sells what everybody tickets. says. Sells that's what I'm tickets. saying. But is it a good move? Is Tom Brady coming out of retirement too? Is he going <laughs> to come with him? <laughs> Holy bull. $5 shoot that team off. Reveal yourself on on three. And I'll definitely answer if Palps, Palpatine, let Mace Windu win their duel in order to turn Anakin knowing he'd fall to Obi-Wan. Um... So a few things here. First off, I made an on three account just because I wanted to like, because they do very good work and I need to catch up on recruiting. And I've actually really loved the site for a local radio man needing to keep up with local news on threes and valuable. And just for college football in general, right? Um, that has led to a ton of threads about me revealing my on three username of which originally I would have thought no big deal, but now I'm not going to. Now, now, now I'm going to wait. I'm going to build up the tip. Eventually, I will reveal myself on on three. Secondly, I hate this idea that Palpatine um, would. I understand losing to Mace Windu in order to turn Anakin because obviously Anakin needed Palpatine to explain to him how to say Padme. I hate this idea if we're going to uh, push Palpatine's omniscience into knowing that Anakin would then fall to Obi-Wan. I, I, I just cannot believe that. Unfortunately, Disney, with Rise of Skywalker, and, quote, somehow Palpatine returned. Yeah, Palpatine did probably fucking know. Palpatine knows everything. Palpatine probably knew every single accident everybody was going to take. He is Jimmy Sexton. He knows what's going on. He's the only person that actually knows what's going on. Um, So, sure, maybe... Maybe he knew Anakin was going to fall to Obi Wan, even though me personally, I hate that. If that is the, uh, if that is the case, uh, AK says, "Fuck Disney Star Wars." Not all of it. Not all of it. Force Awakens was a wonderful relaunch. Um, I think the Last Jedi is some of the best Star Wars it's ever made. Mando season two, season one's awesome. Season two is incredible. Season two, some of the best things I've ever watched in my entire life. Um, Boba Fett, Miss, uh, Andor. Andor's awesome though. Andor's, Andor's awesome. I never Andor's got into. Reads all I never right. got into what's her name. The the what was her show? Ahsoka. Ahsoka's fucking awesome. Is it? I if, it but, but if you like, if you like the Filoni verse, if you like Dave Filoni as the 
guide of Star Wars, and if you like Dave, if if you like Rebels and 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 Clone Wars and all yeah. that that entails, Ahsoka is the okay. culmination of years of groundwork. And I think Ahsoka is actually fantastic. KMC's right. Andor was Andor was awesome. Uh, Razor says changing Kylo's arc was a bad choice. I mean, it was an awful. We, we look. We can get into like the deal is that ninth Skywalker saga movie should have been, in my opinion, I say should, no ideas are good or bad to tell you execute on my opinion. It should have been Ray in charge of the forces of good going against Kylo in charge of the forces of bad. We don't fucking need Palpatine back and invalidate the original trilogy altogether. We don't need that. We need new. Kylo's fucking telling you. Ryan Johnson's telling you in the throne room scene when he's telling Ray, you know, fuck the Jedi. Fuck the Sith. It's time for new shit. And yet, the fans couldn't fucking handle Last Jedi because you're fucking small-brained. Dummies. It's ridiculous. You don't like the story of Luke? He's a broken fucking man. Every one of his mentors, broken fucking men, Obi-Wan, Yoda, the people he learned from, and he suffered in the same way. He tried to rebuild the Jedi Temple, and his greatest people turned against him and killed everybody he loves. Sorry if he, too, fucking backed out and went on an island to live alone. And then you tell me, oh, well, why'd he throw the suit lightsaber? Why did he go fight immediately? What if Luke goes and fights with Ray immediately? What if he immediately joins? You know how fucked up that is? You know what that means? That means he's being mm -hmm. a coward. Mm -hmm. Why is he hiding in the first place? If he's down to just jump back into the fight. No, no. To be a hero, he has to believe that what he is doing is the best thing. Is actually best. So, of course, he has to be dragged, unwilling back into the fight. And then you know what he does? He does something far more powerful than just going out there and taking out squads of droids or stormtroopers. <laughs> he becomes a fucking martyr. He puts his life on the line and he dies for the cause. And they didn't even do it subtly. They fucking hit you over the head with it. They had the little boy at the end telling the legend of Luke Skywalker. And what stands out over time, it's not a great warrior. It's the martyrs, the people who inspire, whose sacrifice we gain uh, courage from and inspiration from. And yet you fucking ripped all that away in episode three. Instead mm. of him or episode nine, instead of him being the rallying point for an alliance against the First Order, you just got fucking Lando Calrissian randomly running around snatching people up. It's unbelievable how badly they fucked up what Ryan Johnson mm. set up in Last Jedi. Mm. Mm -hmm. T-Bob's OnlyFans account will dive more into all of this. So make sure you go find them on OnlyFans. Small subscription. Um, no genital. But other than that, lots of, lots of Star Wars. I'm sorry. Um... You back? That's the only thing. When I reveal my on three name, that's what the first thread I'm making is going to be a debate about Last Jedi. And I welcome anybody. Shane Bentley, $10. Disney Star Wars give no character arc to Ray. The Last Jedi killed the character of Luke. Roger Skywalker showed that Disney has no plan with Star Wars. T-Bob, you're wrong on this. I'm okay. 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 Cool. Um, okay. So Last Jedi killed the character of Luke. It killed the character of Luke when he literally sacrificed himself to save the fucking resistance and all of his friends. It became the martyr to inspire further resistance and a change of the galaxy, but it killed the character of Luke. It redeemed him, you dumb fuck. If you want mm. superhero Luke, Mando season two gave it to you. 
other stuff's going to give it to you because that old Luke, that's a broken man there. Okay, no character arc for Ray. The character arc was that she had no fucking parents. The character arc is breaking the wheel, breaking the paradigm, a paradigm shift, if you will. It's telling you that you don't have to be born of royalty to be great. You don't have to be born of blood. You don't have to be lineage. And then you make her Palpatine's granddaughter. And yeah, at that point, you fuck it up. At that point, you fuck it up. Until then, you had not. Until then, you, what was Anakin Skywalker born to a slave on a planet in the middle of nowhere? He wasn't a blood. Okay. What was Genghis Khan? He's born of no one. Just a random little dude who one day gets his wife and kids and animals stolen from me, goes to retreats to a mountain. He says, what am I going to do? Am I going to retreat or am I going to go get my shit back? He got oh. his shit back. He took over the world. He wasn't born into blood. Get the fuck out of here. That was transformational when they made Ray's parents no ones and y'all couldn't fucking handle it. And now it's a Palpatine granddaughter. Pisses me the fuck off. Mm. Mm. Great, great end of the week, T. Great end. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Uh, Ivan, whew, God. Mm. My wife's going to take like, a handle to the head now. When, my wife, Whiskey and wine tonight, baby. What are you talking about? There we go. <laughs> my wife always laughs at me about how are you still yelling about Last Jedi, but it's actually been probably like six months since I've done that. So mm -hmm. it feels good to bust out the old guns again. Daniel, he definitely brings the uh, this kind of energy to his OnlyFans stream, 100%. Only snaps. Yeah. Coming soon. Don't worry, guys. Mm -hmm. um, Aaron, uh, $2 Super Chat. Aaron, why did you give T-Bob cocaine? Cocaine, for me, is people who think Last Jedi is bad. Yeah. Because it pisses me off so badly. All right. Um, love you so much. Thank you all. Another great week. Mm -hmm. here on um, Bo Kenny says I need a Star Wars pod with you I had a badass one we were doing called Four Mandalore where we were you know we were we were on it bro like we, we had shit figured out even this year I called Ahsoka the White before uh, it happened but last time and other stuff kind of got in the way me and my partner couldn't make it happen anymore but but eventually eventually we'll, I'll, I will revisit um, thank you all so much Thank you to Patrick Gunther. Uh, oh, wait, it's official. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Um, thank you to Pat Gunther, Ryan Brumley, Danny Cardenas, Chris Tran, Christian Hunter, Adam Gracia. Um, huge, massive thank you to all of you who are listening and watching. Please hit the like button. I apologize for snapping at the end there. Um, and unless something crazy happens that requires an emergency pod this weekend, we will be back on Monday. And somebody's asking about streaming um, NCAA when it comes out. Yes, that is in the yes. plans. I I have uh, the buddy, my buddy who built my computer. Um, I have him uh, coming in town to help me get it across the finish line in terms of setting up streaming. And uh, it's going to be very fun. Uh, T-Bob, how are you going to make up for not doing the fuckboy fate? It's coming in April. It's coming. Don't worry, guys. Thank you all. Hit the subscribe button. We love you. And we'll see you Monday. Lady up. The volume. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.